Hamid area, that we were at last in transit for the Middle East. As the days passed and we began clearing the snow and levelling a parade ground, I saw their disappointment change to resignation. They snuffed the smell of the fried fish shops and cocked their ears to familiar peacetime sounds of the work sirens and the dance hall band. On off days they slouched now at street corners and sidled away at the approach of an officer for fear that by saluting they would lose face with their new mistresses. In the company office there was a crop of minor charges and requests for compassionate leave. While it was still half light, day began with the whine of the malingerer and the glum face and fixed eye of the man with a grievance. And I, who by every precept should have put heart into them, How could I help them, who could so little help myself? Here the colonel under whom we had formed was promoted out of our sight and succeeded by a younger and less lovable man, cross-posted from another regiment. There were few left in the mess now of a batch of volunteers who trained together at the outbreak of war. One way and another they were nearly all gone. Some had been invalided out some promoted to other battalions, some posted to staff jobs, some had volunteered for special service, one had got himself killed on a field firing range, one had been court-martialed, and their places were taken by conscripts. The wireless played incessantly in the anteroom nowadays, and much beer was drunk before dinner. It was not as it had been. Here, at the age of thirty-nine, I began to be old. I felt stiff and weary in the evenings and reluctant to go out of camp. I developed proprietary claims to certain chairs and newspapers. I regularly drank three glasses of gin before dinner, never more or less, and went to bed immediately after the nine o'clock news. I was always awake and fretful an hour before a valley. Here my last love had died. There was nothing remarkable in the manner of its death, One day, not long before this last day in camp, as I lay awake before a valley in the Nissen hut, gazing into the complete blackness amid the deep breathing and muttering of the four other occupants, turning over in my mind what I had to do that day, had I put in the names of two corporals for the weapon training course? Should I again have the largest number of men overstaying their leave in the batch due back that day? Could I trust Hooper to take the candidate's class out map-reading? As I lay in that dark hour, I was aghast to realize that something within me, long sickening, had quietly died, and felt as a husband might feel who, in the fourth year of his marriage, suddenly knew that he had no longer any desire or tenderness or esteem for a once beloved wife no pleasure in her company, no wish to please, no curiosity about anything she might ever do or say or think, no hope of setting things right, no self-reproach for the disaster. I knew it all, the whole drab compass of marital disillusion. We had been through it together, the army and I, from the first importunate courtship until now, when nothing remained to us except the chill bonds of law and duty and custom. I had played every scene in the domestic tragedy, had found the early tiffs become more frequent, the tears less affecting, the reconciliations less sweet, 
till they engendered a mood of aloofness and cool criticism, and the growing conviction that it was not myself, but the loved one, who was at fault. I caught the false notes in her voice and learned to listen for them apprehensively. I recognized the blank, resentful stare of incomprehension in her eyes, and the selfish, hard set of the corners of her mouth. I learned her as one must learn a woman one has kept house with day in, day out for three and a half years. I learned her slatternly ways, the routine and mechanism of her charm, her jealousy and self-seeking, and her nervous trick with the fingers when she was lying. She was stripped of all enchantment now, and I knew her for an uncongenial stranger to whom I had bound myself indissolubly in a moment of folly. So, on this morning of our move, I was entirely indifferent as to our destination. I would go on with my job, but I could bring to it...